Welcome to Good Enough Parenting, the place where not-so-perfect parents tune in to be reminded that our kids are going to be okay, even if we don't always know what we're doing, are making a million mistakes, and trying new things. I'm Carly Aroldi, a family play therapist, childhood mental health expert, and good enough mom of two. I may be the expert in childhood mental health, but you are the expert on your kid. And by combining my practical, peaceful parenting tools with everything you already know about your child, you and your family will experience more calm, more connection, and more cooperation in your daily life. So let's throw out the idea of the perfect parent and remember that our kids just need us to be good enough. Because if you don't feel like yelling at your kids sometimes, you're not spending enough time with them. Let's jump in. Hi, good enough parents. Welcome. So if you're listening, you probably already know that I'm a play therapist. But in play therapy, we have a phrase that we love called play is a child's language and toys are their words. And I really love this phrase because it makes us conscious of what toys we're bringing into our home is going to shift and allow our kids to play in different ways, to express themselves in different ways, to problem solve in different ways. So I really encourage parents to be thoughtful about what toys they have in their playrooms, have in their kids' rooms. And I thought since the holiday season is upon us, it might be kind of fun to do a holiday toy gift guide from a play therapist. So that is what you're in for today if you're tuning in. So the first thing I want to say before I jump into some recommendations is when we're choosing toys for young kids, so I'm mostly talking about kids under eight, and even though you can adapt to this for older kids too, you don't want a toy with a lot of bells and whistles. Less is more. The kid should do the work when they're playing. The toy shouldn't be doing the work. So if you have a toy that has like, oh, it's got this feature and that feature, and then this, this lights up and this can be this that's not really helpful because it doesn't encourage imaginative play. It just has the kid kind of like pushing buttons to make things happen. And that's not creating an environment where they can make the toy different things. So that's always something to have in the back of your mind when there's like a really expensive toy with a lot of bells and whistles. It's definitely not going to be best for your kid's development or for their problem solving or encouraging creativity. So in a playroom, which I kind of like to mirror in a child's home as well, we actually look for three different categories of toys. And this is really important because these different categories allow for different types of expression for kids. The first category, so you, I'll say you want to have kind of an equal representation from each of these categories in your home. I'm going to give you a bunch of ideas. You don't need to go out and get all this stuff, but you don't want to have like, oh, I have six toys from this category and only one from this category. You want to have kind of an equal representation because then it gives a child an ability to express themselves in different ways, depending on kind of what category of toy they're pulling from. So the first category of toys are real life toys, toys that kids can use to um, play pretend toys that they can use to kind of practice adulthood. So some of these would be things like baby dolls, baby bottles, a dollhouse, um, toy phones, a doctor's kit, a play kitchen. And you don't need to have like a huge elaborate play kitchen. You can just have some play toys and um, play, I'm sorry, some toy food, some toy dishes, play money is great, cars, trucks, dress up, any kind of dress up, you know, you can go crazy with dress up too. So make sure you have a nice selection of can my kid kind of practice real life stuff 
in toy format. You know, it can be toy cleaning supplies. You know, Melissa and Doug does a great job of kind of creating simple toys that can mimic real life things. So that's the first category you want to make sure you pull from. The second, and sometimes this is challenging for parents, is acting out or aggressive toys. And parents sometimes feel like, oh my gosh, if I put these in my home, my kid's going to get more aggressive. The opposite is actually true. If we give our kids the opportunity to express their aggression, their anger, their acting out through play, they're less likely to do it in other areas of their life. So what are some things from this category? It could be things like aggressive animals, you know, having toy snakes, sharks, lions, dinosaurs, things where, you know, kids can pick them up and go rawr and have battles and fight. Um, We have so many toy soldiers in our house. We are big (laughs) toy soldier fans. Um, Toy soldiers are great for acting out and aggressive. Um, Toy drums, kids can bang on them really hard. You know, we can have a whole separate discussion one day about toy guns, but toy guns are a great way to um, get out aggression too. So Nerf guns, dart guns, that kind of thing. I always make sure they're in the playroom and ready stocked when kids come in. Bop bags, bop fists, um, punching bags. Punching bag, I think, is an essential element for kids uh, eight and under. Having something they can actually physically fight with gets a lot of their anger and aggression out rubber knives and handcuffs. Handcuffs are like my number one recommendation. I know it feels kind of silly, but this idea that a kid can be playing with a parent and handcuff them makes them feel so powerful, makes them feel in charge. And a parent can be like, oh no, what are you doing? Are you taking me to jail? It reverses the power dynamic and actually helps the kid express themselves. And then they don't feel like they have to dominate and control as much in other areas of their life. So that's acting out in aggression toys really important. So many parents don't have these, especially if you have girls. A lot of kids like there's just none of these available because a girl like maybe not doesn't show interest in them initially, but having a little representation of these so they can foster that part of themselves, right? It can feel really empowering if you're holding a toy shark and you're just roaring it like a little fish. That's a nice part sometimes to be able to activate in a kid that's a little more passive or a little more shy. The third category are toys for creative and emotional expression. My biggest recommendation in this category, wooden blocks. So great. I Whenever I consult in childcare settings or preschool classrooms, I'm always like, show me your wooden block area. Where's the block area? Making sure kids have access to totally, they can create whatever they want with wooden blocks. It can, it can be a castle. It can be a school. It can be a fort. Wooden blocks are essential because they can not only build, they're literally learning like gravity, they're learning math skills, but they're also using emotional expression. So that's great. Tinker toys, Lincoln logs, Legos, magnetiles. Those are all, you know, kind of in the same category. So those are great. Play-Doh, crayons, paper, you know, a tent, kinetic sand, any sort of arts and crafts material, you know, head on to Michael's and they even have like the big jars now of just like random craft materials. That fosters so much more imagination than just getting the, hey, let's repeat this craft from a template or from a kit. Those are also fun and those are good, but those are a separate category. You really want to have just like materials available so kids can create what they want to create in that moment. So those are the three big categories. We've got the real life toys, acting out aggression toys, and toys for creative and emotional expression. Like I said, It's not like you have to have all those toys from each one of those categories, but you want to look around your playroom. You want to look around your home and say, 
hey, do I have enough representation from each one of those categories? That's really important for your kid. So those are kind of the more open-ended toys. So there are also toys that are more directive, more guided. So these are like your board games, this kind of thing. So I have a couple recommendations from these categories as well. One category is frustration tolerance. If your kid is struggling with tolerating frustration, games like Shoots and Ladders, games like Candyland, games like Don't Break the Ice can be really helpful for this. And when you play these games, you want to help co-regulate them in those moments. So you might say something if you're playing Shoots and Ladders like, oh my gosh, I see you're all the way at the top. And if you get a four, you're going to win the game. But if you get a two, you're going to go down the slide. (gasps) So let's pause for a second. Let's pause and let's remember why we're playing. We're playing to have fun. And even if you ride all the way down this slide, we're still having a good time. So before we spin your wheel, let's take a few big breaths together. (sighs) We're playing this game to have fun. Okay, let's see what happens. That way you're modeling for them hey, it's not a big deal if you lose this game and you're also giving them a moment of pause to regulate themselves so they don't freak out when they get that slide and have to ride it all the way to the bottom of the game. Uh, Another game that I love for um, helping kids deal with anxiety is perfection. This is a little controversial because I think some of us from the 80s are scarred from perfection. Like We just couldn't get it and then it would, you know, jump in, um, in our faces and shoot all these blocks up at us. But when we're introducing a game like this to our kids, we're going to say this game can make us really, really nervous. This game can make us feel like our hearts are beating really fast and we're getting a little sweaty. So let's remember if we can make our bodies feel calm when we're playing, we're going to be more likely to actually get all the pieces in before the timer goes. And let's work together and try it for a couple times first. So you're kind of encouraging those self-regulation skills in addition to having fun and playing perfection because it's a fun game. Um, and then also in, in terms of board games, I love all the cooperative games. So Peaceable Kingdom makes great games where kids have to work together to win. It's not like they're against each other. Uh, some favorites in our house are Cauldron Quest and Race to the Treasure, the fairy game. Anytime I go to a birthday party or holiday kind of gathering, I'm always bringing cooperative board games. So you're not kind of intensifying rivalries. This is also really good if you have siblings that fight a lot. Getting games where they have to join together, have to play together can be really helpful. For the pre-K age, Richard Scarry has a game uh, called Busy Town, which again is a cooperative game where they have to kind of find different things and then um, work together to get to the end. So Busy Town's a great game if you have a kid in like the three to five age group too. The number one game in my playroom right now is called Lion in My Way, which Every kid from four to 10 asks to start with when they come in the playroom. And again, it's a creative problem solving game where we have to figure out ways to get past a lion together to race to get to our home. And then there are some games which are specifically for helping kids to think about their lives and express themselves and work on skills. So these are more therapeutic games, but you might want to look into them and see if they'd be helpful for your family. One of my favorites is the Ungame, which is basically a questions about your life and it's never ending. And so it's fun to play with kind of kids five and up and you can play even with adults. Like, you, know, you can have friends over, people over for game night and Ungame is a great game for that. It's open-ended. There's also a game called Stop, Relax and Think, which helps kind of impulse control and problem solving. And another one of my favorites is a game called Furious Fred, which is helping get, helping kids control their anger a little bit. 
So that was quite an extensive list of different recommendations. I hope it makes your holiday shopping a little bit easier. And I would love if you want to reach out to me at Carly Councils on Facebook or Instagram. I'd love to hear your favorite games or what is on your kids holiday list this year so we can share some of the love for everybody. Hope that's helpful and happy shopping. Thanks for listening to Good Enough Parenting. If you'd like to learn four simple play therapy techniques you can use at home today to create more calm in your family life, go to paceparent.com forward slash play to get a free video where I'll teach them to you. And you can always hear more from me at Carly Councils on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend, a sister, a spouse, any parent who could use a reminder that our kids don't need us to be perfect, just good enough. Until next time.